live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. And a great good afternoon. How are you? Hope you had a fabulous, wonderful, relaxing weekend. We got some rain, cool things down a bit as we approach the, the final week of this month of June. How quickly that has come by. A week from today, we'll be celebrating our Independence Day, July the 4th. So hope you have some plans for all of that. We got a we got a full week ahead of us, and we really look forward to it. My main man James Mesh, producing inside his niche, inside the game studio, right there at the Master Control Suite. It's housed uh, on the campus of Delta Media, which also contains KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on in Lake Charles, 1041. We are streaming on the internet at 1037thegame.com. 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can uh, also catch us on your television set as we are um, also simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's Headlines. Well, for the third year in a row, the SEC can claim itself as the best conference in college baseball. For the second year in a row, the state of Mississippi can claim as the best state in college baseball because yesterday the Ole Miss Rebels got it done um, down again, but certainly not out. Ole Miss rallied one last time on the biggest, biggest stage of all. Um, It would only figure that the most unlikely NCAA tournament run ever required Ole Miss to rally one more time to capture college baseball's crown jewel for the first time in program history. Playing from behind was uh, kind of what this Rebel team was all about. College baseball's national champion started 7-14 in the SEC. They finished up 14-16, and and then lost the opening game of the SEC tournament. Oh, everybody was like, there's no way. They're they're done, and Mike Bianco's done as well. Well, they get the uh, last at-large bid to make the field, and by Sunday evening, they were the last team standing. In the process, as I said, Ole Miss became the SEC's third consecutive and different College World Series champion. And arguably the most unlikely, you know, the college world series started in 1947. Only two other champions had more losses than Ole Miss with their 42 and 23 record, but all said and done, they were 10 and one in the NCAA tournament. And that's when it mattered the most. So hotty toddy, gosh, almighty, the Ole Miss rebels are the champions of college baseball, LSU trying to get back. Uh, to that mantle where they won five out of 10 in the nineties and a couple of coaching hires have to be done. Well, one is out of the way. Now a new pitching coach is in Jake Johnson found his man, Minnesota twins, pitching coach, Wes 
Johnson in his he's not every day you hire a pitching coach from the big leagues and it makes me wonder it makes me wonder why well what is it about it because um he's with the Minnesota Twins who are currently 41 and 33 overall and leading the AL Central Division uh he brings with him not only 4 years of experience as the Twins pitching coach but also three years of experience in the SEC. He had one year as Mississippi State's pitching coach in 2016 before he was hired away by Arkansas. In 2018, he helped lead the Razorbacks to Omaha. Now, apparently, Wes Johnson um, was courted by Jake Johnson for the LSU pitching coaching job last summer. Uh, At the time, Johnson said, I'm going to stick with the Twins. He ultimately did Jay hire Jason Kelly, who left LSU after one season, to become Washington's head coach. So it just kind of makes me wonder, why? I guess maybe maybe the grind of Major League Baseball, um, the game after game after day after day, the longevity of the season, it is truly a marathon. Maybe Wes Johnson wanted a life. Um, maybe college baseball, he, he enjoyed that more. Maybe he enjoyed grooming pictures and developing pictures and trying to get them to the big leagues rather than trying to take guys that are in the big leagues and try to make them better. That that's hard to do and hard for them to listen to you. So maybe that's the case, but according to all those in the know, this is a slam dunk hire and a great coup for Jay Johnson. So I say, why not? Why not? NBA free agency begins on Friday. Will the Pels do anything? Will they be interested in doing anything? Well, time will tell. Apparently only the LA Lakers are seeking Kyrie Irving in a sign and trade deal. So we shall see. Um, A lawsuit against the, Texans, as Deshaun Watson's plaintiff sues the Houston Texans, saying they helped um, grow this. They 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 understood. They enabled the quarterback's behavior in massage sessions. So again, this thing is uh, front row, center stage, and apparently the NFL is ready to uh, drop uh, their penalty on Deshaun Watson any day now. So so we shall see. We shall see. Um, We'll also have a story today that I'm looking forward to. I'll tell you our guest list. Wilson Alexander of The Advocate will join us. Um, He he wrote an interesting story about uh, how LSU entertains their football recruits when they come to town for their official visit. Now, an official visit means the school pays for everything, airfare or gas mileage if you're close enough to drive hotel room, food, three meals a day. Uh, they, they pay for everything. You don't come out of pocket with anything. The unofficial visits are when you have to, as a recruit, have to spend your money uh, to do what you have to do. Now, now things have changed dramatically uh, since my time. You know, we, we, we were wined and dined. Now, make no mistake about it. We were put up in the best hotels in town. Uh, we got to see the facilities. We got to meet with a professor in what we thought was going to be our chosen field of study. 
99% of us changed our major between high school and, and during our freshman year in college. Um, so we got to do that. We, we, me, and I know the coaches were somewhere watching, uh, unbeknownst to me, but I know they were, uh, we'd play a little one-on-one, two-on-two game inside the, the, the gym, inside the arena. And, uh, and then of course, we always had a host, one of the players that took us around and took us to see the nightlife and, and all that fun stuff. So that's what we did. Well, Brian Kelly bought himself a nice house, nice house, about a $2 million house right there on the lakes at LSU. Beautiful. Um, it was owned initially uh, by someone I knew, and they didn't do anything to it. It was too big for them. They just kind of did it as an investment. Then they sold it to another friend of mine who really put a lot of money into it and did all the landscaping and the fence work and sprinklers. And it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful home. As um, Brian Kelly says, more people know where I live. I could put a lemonade stand out there and I could retire from coaching because everybody stops to look at the head football coach's house. Again, to draw parallels, Nick Saban bought a house within a stone's throw of LSU on Highland Road. Les Miles opted to go further out, further away. Ed Orgeron went to the U Club further and further away. Brian Kelly realizes that with the new rules in recruiting, you can bring these players to your house. You can entertain their parents. So you spend the money, you get this beautiful home, you get the swimming pool, you get all the nine yards with it, and you entertain prospects. So we'll talk about that uh, again. The parallel. LSU won with a great coach in Nick Saban. They won with a buffoon in Les Miles. They won with a cartoon character in Ed Orgeron. They've got Brian Kelly, who's the next closest thing to Nick Saban that LSU's ever had. No nonsense, all business, recruit, recruit, recruit. That's not to say that Les and Ed didn't recruit. Don't get me wrong. They just they just put put forth a different image than Nick and Brian. You can read between the tea leaves on that. You can read between that. You really can. So we'll talk to Wilson about that. Glenn Alexander will explain why he thinks the coach would leave the big leagues with a team in first place. Uh, he's going to leave after this week. After this week, he's going to leave, and he's coming to Tigertown. Um, maybe he misses recruiting. I think what he misses is having a life. I think he misses, a, you know, a, instead of playing 162 games, maybe he just wants to play 60 games and then have a break. And maybe we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, Glenn West will join us. Ali Cassell will join us in hour number two. We'll talk some hoops. This Kyrie Irving saga is just absolutely. I hope the Brooklyn Nets keep their ground, stand pat and say, no, we're not going to offer you the max deal because you're never available. The best abilities are there's two of them. Availability, reliability. And Kyrie Irving is neither, neither. I hope they stand their ground. And I hope he goes to L.A. and messes that team up even more so. Can you imagine Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving, LeBron, and Anthony Davis? Well, they'd have to probably get rid of Russell Westbrook. But, uh, I mean, who wants Russell Westbrook? Who wants Kyrie Irving? Anyway, uh, we'll talk about that. And then Blake Rafino from the Are You Serious podcast 
will join us as well. So that's our show for today. Uh, so just buckle up, get ready. The next two hours, it's you and me. Um, and did you know that it's time for an epic night of fights? UFC 276 is here, and two titles are on the line. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. New customers can bet $5 on any fighter to win and get $100 in free bets, win or lose. Now, whether it's a victory by KO, submission, or decision, you win no matter what. And with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can turn another small bet into a big payday. Combine multiple bets like which fighter will win, number of knockouts, and more. For UFC 276, you can place a Same Game Parlay, and if it hits, you win double. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Bet $5 on any UFC 276 fighter to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code 1037GAME this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. Minimum $5 minimum deposit. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. That's 1-877-770-7867. Thanks so much for dialing us up in whatever form or fashion that you do. We'll take our first time out of the day. When we come back, we'll talk uh, LSU recruiting, the manner in which they roll out the red carpet for their prospects here on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We are your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look marvelous. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The headlines read... Pool parties with Brian Kelly, photo shoots, and so much food inside an LSU official visit. The writer, our next guest from The Advocate. He covers all things LSU. Mr. Wilson Alexander, it's been way too long. Wilson, how have you been, sir? I'm doing all right, Jordan, and I've been okay, too. How are you? I'm doing well. It caught my eye because I had I went on the old LSU official visit way back in the day, and then I was a coach and I was in charge of official visits for LSU basketball for a couple of years. And I can promise you, we didn't have photo shoots and we didn't have pool parties, but we did have food. So one thing has not changed. So take me back. How did you think of this and how, what, what source did you use for this? Yeah. So I thought of it cause I, I've seen so many official visits happening over the last few weeks. Uh, at, for LSU, you know, football, and thought, okay, what's the way that, that I can, you know, cover this and, and maybe take people behind, you know, peel back the curtain a little bit, um, mm-hmm. try to provide some insight into maybe how these work or what the fans think or something like that, because it's such a crucial time right now for LSU and recruiting with all these right. visitors on campus, which is also a little bit new because it wasn't until just a few years ago that I could even take official visits over the spring and the summer. And so then um, I started talking to families and recruits and reaching out and. 
um, asking them everything about their experience. And what also really helped, quite frankly, was that um, one of the families, uh, Marky Anderson, his dad, filmed an entire the entire weekend <laughs> um, really? and uh, had a video of the whole thing. And so that was really helpful as well to be able to see it for myself um, and as they sort of went through their experience from the parent side of things. Um, so it's a fun story to work on. I'm glad the, uh, the, you know, that maybe people learn something from it. Oh, absolutely. Look, what I, I have seen these and I've seen this staff because um, I have been around uh, one of their normal spots, which is Texas Day Brazil. And what you notice is there are so many staff members involved in this choreography that they put together where they, I mean, there is no miss up. There is no misstep. Everything is diagrammed, organized to the T and dotting every I. It is a, it is quite um, a production is the only way I can put it. It is. And that, that word choreography is, is a really good way to, I think, to describe it as well, that uh, they have to have everything, you know, just planned out exactly uh, where everybody's going to be there. I'd be so interested to see maybe, you know, if they have a, a full itinerary, you know, print out or on a whiteboard, like just what it what it looks like. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, these official visits last for two, two and a half days, just constant. I mean, it's, it's an all day affair. Um, with very little time to to breathe and and rest and 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 for the staff, you got to really give it to the staff because yeah, it's every staff member seems to be involved in some way. The coaches are all around. The coaches at the same time for most of these official visits were working on camps as well um, during different periods, and then like going back with the officials uh, and, and sort of handling both and juggling all that and uh, together at the same time. So it, it takes. There's a reason why these personnel departments are as large as they are these days because yeah. there's so much that goes into it. Did you ask Marky Anderson's father how much weight he gained in two and a half days? Because all they do is eat and eat and eat some more. <laughs> I don't think I asked that exact question, but he, he did allude to the fact that, you know, he was going to have to maybe uh, eat a little cleaner uh, when they got back home. Um, they, there's just so much food involved. I mean, there's food involved in every official uh, visit that, that folks you know, take no matter what school it is, but you have LSU really showing off Louisiana culture through the food that's being served. I mean, gumbos and jambalayas and alligator and uh, crab claws and boiled crawfish and, uh, you know, trying to hit a lot of the highlights and, and things that people really associate with this area because it's so unique to this area. And all that stuff is, you know, pretty heavy. And so you're eating a lot of that for about three days straight. Uh, Wilson Alexander, the advocate. Um, facilities are one thing. How, how much does LSU touch on the academic side of a recruiting visit? They certainly do. There's part of the first tour uh, that they took on Friday morning uh, was sort of split. Most of Friday morning was split between touring the residence halls and then the Cox Academic Center. And they walked through the entire Cox Academic Center, uh, met with advisors over there to learn about what LSU's academic offerings are like. Uh, you know, it's not the only thing that's certainly focused on during an official visit, but, you know, Brian Kelly's whole sort of uh, slogan is graduate champions. Um, he wants his players to be responsible students, and that's something that they uh, learn about uh, during the, the official you know, visit, is what else he offers on the academic side. Um, according to your story, LSU's hosted 26 official visits this month. Um, now that, you know, that's, there's only so many weekends. So they, they invite multiple 
uh, prospects on there. But how, I mean, these coaches get involved, but I would imagine these coaches' wives play a role in this as well, particularly Brian Kelly's. They have to, the coaches' wives are, are some of the most, strongest people <laughs> that you know because they have to put up with a schedule that is relentless. Uh, yes. These coaches, it's really something that might be interesting to see if it changes at all um, over the next few years, just the recruiting calendar, because it's become such a beast and it never ends. Uh, I don't know how involved they are on, you know, an official visit weekend or anything, um, but they, you know, they have to be supportive um, if, if that's going to work uh, for the coaches uh, on the staff to, to do their jobs, to, you know, to spend that much time uh, on doing this kind of stuff. And um, yeah, Pocky, Brian's wife, uh, I didn't see her um, and didn't really find out if she was around during the official visits and the parties and stuff at their home. Um, but, you know, she, she's been a, certainly a, a presence in the, and with their foundation as well, um, which strategic, maybe not really did the official visit, but she's around. A strategic purchase of a home by Brian Kelly right there on the lakes of LSU. Very, very close. You can see Tiger Stadium in the in the distance. Um, Nick Saban lived on Highland Road, very, very close to LSU. Less miles at Orgeron, not so close. Um, the new rules, right? It says that uh, it, you know, if you're close within a certain proximity of campus, you can welcome recruits into your home. Is that is that is that correct? That's as, uh, that's how I understand the rule. You know, Brian was asked about his just his house because people knew. You know, it kind of came out. He actually had said that he was hoping that it wouldn't leak out where he lived. Um, <laughs> but, it, it, you know, it got out there um, yeah. pretty quickly once they bought that house right there on the lake. And he was asked about it in the spring, and he said that this was part of the reason why. If less than a mile from campus, he can host unofficial and official visits in his house. Mm-hmm. And so there was a strategic location. You know, he's right in the heart of, you know, people run by and walk past and take yeah. their strollers, you know, right along the, the road there past his house every single day. Um, I don't know if anybody's actually seen Brian Kelly in his house, no. uh, um, <laughs> you know, just as they run past. But, you know, he's very visible. And, and, but part of that is to, to host these visits there and, and bring all these recruits into his home, uh, which he did multiple times uh, on these officials. You know, I went to my coach's house, Dale Brown's house. I, I toured all the academic facilities. And I toured all the athletic facilities, the the athletic dorm, which they don't have anymore. But we, we did not have uh, these photo shoots. When did photo shoots become the vogue thing in recruiting? Right around. It's really heavily associated, related to and connected to social media, right? These recruits want to have a glamorous sort of uh, dazzly picture you know, to put on their Instagrams and their Twitters yeah. and, and get a lot of likes um, and, and get, you know, people from those schools talking about them and, you know, telling them that they hope they'll come. Obviously, there can be a, another side of that when they maybe don't choose your school. But they uh, it's really related. So that's about when kind of as, as social media has continued to grow, uh, you know, it's, these photo shoots have become a pretty kind of crucial piece of what they do. We all saw Brian Kelly dancing with Walker Howard and yeah, um, yeah. Danny Lewis, you know, is just doing that kind of stuff to, to get a sort of social media attention is really what it's about. Amazing. Uh, Wilson Alexander of the advocate. So um, it, it kind of closes things out with uh, a little pool party at coach Kelly's uh, house. Does, did uh, the Anderson say that uh, Brian's out there walking around in a bathing suit doing cannonballs or, are kids actually getting in the pool? What's going on there? 
I don't think Coach Kelly was doing any sort of cannonballs. Uh, okay. and, and I don't right. think he was in a, I didn't see anything that, that showed him in a swimsuit. But uh, he's certainly mingling. You know, all the coaches were there, too, eating crawfish and crab and hamburgers and, and the like. Uh, and there are people, yeah, playing in the pool, especially so siblings, uh, you know, sometimes come on these official visits. Um, okay. And so, like, Marquis in particular, or specifically, he, his little brother was there. And so his brother, uh, Landon, he was getting in the pool with the other siblings, you know, younger uh, brothers and sisters who were there, you know, firing water guns at each other and throwing footballs and volleyballs. And some of the, I think the recruits maybe got their, some of their feet in there as well. But um, it just seemed like a really relaxed atmosphere. Um, That's awesome. All the parents enjoyed it. That's awesome. Is there, did, did Brian Kelly call uh, the NCAA and say, because now it's starting a dead period and it just happens, it coincides with the end of crawfish season, which was yesterday. You can't get crawfish anymore, and so they don't have to bring recruits in and because that's part of the deal, right? Crawfish, recruiting visits. That's what makes LSU special and different. I didn't even realize that it was the end of crawfish season yesterday, but you might be on to something. That it's uh, well-timed for LSU that, that that dead period hits right at the end. Because, yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow, remember they got him? Uh, you know, Ed Orgeron's whole recruiting sort of story around that was that they had to get crawfish brought out to Mike Anderson. You know, right. what is that? If you can't get those crawfish, maybe it doesn't happen. So it is well timed. I'm telling you, you better do some more investigative reporting there, Wilson. Come on now. Um, <laughs> does anybody ever complain about a recruiting trip ever? I haven't heard it. If they have, um, you know, I'm sure that there are some complaints out there uh, from some folks, but I mean, the schools do, especially these major programs with the recruiting budgets that they have. I mean, LSU spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. Just on yes. LSU football, just on recruiting last year, yes. Uh, yes. in the last fiscal year, and they they pull out all the stops to make these an enjoyable trip because they want these players to sign with their schools. They want they don't want to yeah. do anything to make them think that this isn't where they should go, and so they roll out the red carpet uh, per se. And I would be surprised if anyone, you know, I'm sure there's some folks that have not had great experiences uh, at certain spots, but. Um, on the whole, they, they have to be an enjoyable experience because you are catered. Everything is catered for you and you don't have to pay for anything. You've got to cut a deal with them and you've got to go through the two and a half day experience as though you were a recruit. You got to be drive up to the Renaissance Hotel, get all those snacks and all this and then really do a deep first hand appearance deal on this thing. I think it'd be great. I, think it would I mean, if you want to talk to LSU for me, I know my I girlfriend will. would enjoy it if I was allowed to bring a guest. Consider and, uh, it, but you talk about getting it done. I feel like, I feel like I'd be able done. to answer that for you. Probably put uh, on fifteen pounds. Yeah, no photo shoots, no pool parties. Um, uh, do they still turn the players loose with other players as a as their host and let them go see Tigerland and the nightlife of Baton Rouge, or do they they pull back from that now? No, that still happens. Um, okay. They, it gets mentioned in the story, like they, they have still, they have their player hosts. Um, that was one thing I was interested in asking about because over the summer, you know, as everybody on campus, there's still players on campus. They're training right, right now with Jake right. Flint and the strength staff. And so they're still able to have uh, those player hosts. You know, you don't get quite the same atmosphere of like LSU in the fall when all the students right. are on campus, but they've also True. come for so many unofficial visits during game days that, or, or going to come in the fall that they, they can get a sense of it outside of, just their official visit trip uh, if they take it during the summer. Wilson, well done. Um, very well done. Nice job. Pool parties with Brian Kelly, photo shoots, and so much food inside an LSU official visit. Go Google it. Go look at the advocate. Uh, look up sports, and you'll see it. 
that, that's fun. Thanks for doing it, man. I, I, that was fun to read. Thanks, Jordy. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me on. You got it, buddy. Take care. Wilson Alexander of The Advocate. Um, yeah. Uh, the Houston Astros, one of the hottest teams in baseball. You can see them live in person. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. Houston takes on Seattle on Saturday, July 30th, and you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations. That's Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Le Meridian Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Later on, I'll tell you a funny story of my recruitment to LSU. Um, they just had no idea what they were dealing with. We'll take a quick timeout. This is the Jordy Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We are your home for the Houston Astros and the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Great news, my sports-loving friend. No more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right. That's because you've already found the perfect match. For Sports Talk Love, that is... I'm ready for love. Now, back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we're back uh, 38 minutes after the hour. Um, it is always a good day when we can welcome in our good friend from Go247 Sports. On a Monday, the one and only Mr. Glenn West. Glenn, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Hey, Jordy. I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm terrific. So who's, I mean, Kim Mulkey signs the number one, gets a commitment from the number one college basketball player in the country, and Jake Johnson's getting some transfer portal kids and a new pitching coach. Who's having the better offseason? I don't know. I just know that it's. It's a day, and you know what? Before you know, LSU kind of gets outdone in, in June, in late June, in terms of the news breaking. I mean, it was a very busy, very busy weekend uh, for for us, and uh, obviously some really great, some really great additions to both uh, the women's basketball program. Uh, football picked up a commitment, I think, on Friday, and yeah. uh, they kind of ran the weekend in, and then baseball picked it up at the end. I mean, it was just uh, some phenomenal stuff, though, for sure. Yeah, let's start off first. Um... I'm, I'm going to get all these names confused because there's a Jay Johnson, who's the head coach. Now there's a West Johnson who is the pitching coach. And it's, I don't know West Johnson from man of the moon, um, but he's playing, he's in the big leagues and he's been there for a while. And he's on a team that's leading their division, the Minnesota twins. And he, he says, this is going to be my last week with you guys. See you later. I'm going to LSU. I don't know how much he gets paid. By the twins, maybe that's part of it, but maybe maybe he's just burnt. Maybe 182 games is 162 games is too much. I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, it's an unprecedented move for sure. I mean, you never see this this kind of happen. And I think the the big allure, obviously, is you get to play for or you get coach at a at a top notch college program um, where there's only two assistant coaches on the roster. So like LSU can pay. Uh, a little bit more than maybe what the twins are, are paying him right now. Okay. We've heard some different reports. Um, it sounds like he's getting double what he's making currently right now at, at, or was making it with Minnesota. Uh, so that obviously plays a factor, but um, then also, you know, you, you hear, I mean, he could be in line for some college. I mean, this is a great 
opportunity for a lot of coaches who want to obviously be a part of a, a future head coach at a college program. You come here, you cut your teeth here uh, for a couple of years, make it to Omaha a couple of times, maybe win a national championship, and you have that resume uh, to go be a head coach in another pristine program somewhere. So maybe that's what his thought process is. But it's it's just a, it's such a uh, – uh, uh, just unprecedented move is this the best way that I can put it because everybody that the MLB, the guys are talking, the guys that cover that team are were just shell shocked by the news yesterday. Maybe let me throw this one out there as well. Yeah, money certainly plays an important role. If he's getting double, I can understand. Maybe where he finds the most joy in baseball is taking a kid from high school molding developing and getting that kid to the big leagues whereas once you get to the big leagues sometimes those guys don't listen they go wait dude, dude i'm here let me do my thing you just leave me alone you know what i mean yeah no absolutely and i think that, that makes a, a ton of sense for a coach i mean just depending on your references and look i mean i think lsu i mean this is such a home run hire for lsu um you know it, there's not going to be a high school pitching prospect or a transfer portal prospect that looks in there, looks at LSU's you know situation and says, "Man, I can come to a, a place where you know, this this guy was a pitching coach in the MB for four years. He has prior SEC experience at Arkansas and Mississippi State as well. I can come here, mold my craft for one or two years, hit the MLB, and, and try to make myself a lot of money. I think this is just the the yeah. optimal." outcome you could hope for after LSU lost both of their assistant coaches in the span of about a week. So uh, definitely some great moves here by Austin, and they're not done yet either. Any Was there any prior connection with these two, Jay and Wes, or you know, just – not not through all the digging that I've done. I I, I can't find much of a connection. Um, okay. I, I, I guess that yeah, Johnson got some – great intel and, 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 and asked around and asked, you know, who would be a good fit. And, um, you know, if, uh, you know, LSU is such a pristine program that, you know, you're going to, you're going to shoot your shot wherever. And, and if that's the MLB, I mean, I kind of made the joke yesterday, but we were all talking the top college pitching options that were out there and we were playing checkers while Jay Johnson was playing chess, you know, yeah. calling all the MLB guys, it looks like. So um, just a, a really great move and one that kind of really came out of left field. Makes sense. Um, Glenn West, go to four, seven sports. All right. A um, couple of transfers hit the portal and came to LSU. Give me the impact of an infielder by the name of Tommy white. What does he bring? Well, his nickname is Tommy Tanks, so uh, that should give you a good uh, <laughs> okay. indication of what he's going to bring. I mean, he hit 27 home runs as a freshman last year, 74 Jeez. RBIs for NC State. Um, he's very much in that same Jacob Berry mold, an absolute slugger at the plate, uh, a guy who can get it done. Um, you know, I think a big reason for his transfer here was he wanted to play more in the field, which is what Jay, which is what Jacob Berry actually wanted to do as well when he came here. And mm -hmm. the nice thing about, you know, Tommy, uh, uh, Tommy Wyatt is that he's going to be around for a couple of years too. He has a couple of years of eligibility before yeah. he can enter the MLB draft. So it's a foundational piece and a, a player that I think Jay Johnson was 
really craving to get in here. Um, it looks like things really kind of picked up in the last couple of weeks in terms of his recruitment. And um, he made that decision over the weekend. And uh, yeah, I mean, LSU is going to be absolutely loaded again on offense next year with the return of Morgan and Cruz and Josh Pearson. And uh, you might, might throw Gavin Dugas into that mix as well if he comes back. So uh, a really, really great weekend for LSU baseball. Any snowballs chance Jacob Berry likes college life a little bit more and, and, and decides to come back? I mean, unfinished business, wanting to get to Omaha? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, anything's possible. But when you're staring at, you know, you know, seven-digit figures in the first round of the MLB draft, that's that's going to be hard to turn down. I would not expect him to come back, nor Kate Doty to come back. Uh, I think LSU's kind of planned for that. They've also brought in a, another shortstop named Jack Panada from uh, from uh, Pineda yeah. from Baylor. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're kind of reloading that that infield right now, and um, it'll be interesting to see if they add maybe one more too. Not worried about the bats. Always worried about the arms, right? And they got this kid named Christian Little. Where's he from? What does he do? Yeah, so he was a borderline first-round pick coming out of high school um, a couple of years ago out of Vanderbilt. And a guy who has immense talent um, uh, and, and, and potential here that could be really unlocked by a guy like Wes Johnson, the new pitching coach. So uh, really great pickup for him, obviously. Uh, you know, he was a guy that started the year as the – as one of Vanderbilt's key rotation guys in the in, you know, Friday Saturday role, uh, you know, kind of also in the similar mold of Ty Floyd, struggled a little bit earlier in the season, but kind of got moved to a bench role and and and, and really thrived in the bullpen last year for Vanderbilt towards the end of the season. So I think the hope is you bring him in for a year as a kind of stopgap, a guy who can be a rotation, uh, you know, starting rotation piece in the weekend, uh, get some development up him, on him and and uh, have him available as one of the guys next year because he's got the arm, he's got the velocity. I think it's just about unlocking the consistency for him, and it'll be very interesting to see if, uh, if, if that's something that Johnson can tap into. So LSU now has brought in four total transfers, uh, so they've got a lot of room for more, right? Depending upon the, all these signees Absolutely. and what happens with the, the MLB draft. Right. So we got the MLB draft in mid-July, and that's really going to be the tell-all sign in terms of how many freshmen they're able to bring in and uh, you know, potentially how many transfer portal guys they have as well. I mean, I think you've obviously got the star power now from the portal. I think now what you're trying to do is sharpen out the edges, iron out the edges in terms of what you want to do and for contingency plans in case some of those freshmen decide to, to sign pro. Um, so it'll be uh, very interesting over the next couple of weeks. I'm not sure how many more guys will commit to the program out of the portal before the draft. Uh, I can't imagine it'd be very many, though. I just don't understand why Major League Baseball can't work with college baseball. Why does it have to be so late? in july why can't you yeah. do this thing when the, the season's over let's do it i mean let, yeah. let's get it done and let's see let the draft take place and let's go so these coaches and kids can can make a decision and not feel the immediate pressure that's going to come on them when it does officially happen yeah i mean it's it's crazy how a year changes everything i mean last year um or the year before last even they, they had the draft and it was pretty much going on in the tournament everything i mean that's how years passed when you know guys as we get drafted uh, and they'd be still playing postseason ball with their college teams. And now, uh, you know, they pushed it back so late. They want it to line up, I think, with the all-star break is what Jay Johnson kind of said. If they think it's, um, you know, more 
financially sufficient for the major leagues to, I guess, line the draft up with all-star break. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's, it's the end of the day, it's about money for the major league baseball. Yeah. And they're not gonna, they're not gonna coordinate with, with anybody if they feel like it's gonna keep them from making, um, making their money. No question. So, Glenn West from go Two Four Seven sports. He covers all things LSU. How's uh, Matt McMahon scheduling coming along? I know they're, you know, it's, he's, he's got his team together. He's got his coaching staff together. Now he's trying to get games out there. So how's that coming along? Yeah, they've scheduled a couple tournaments that have come out. I think they're going to be playing in Cancun, if I'm not uh, okay. mistaken. They have a Cancun tournament um, somewhere in the Caribbean. Um, but they'll be playing in that this year. Um, from what I heard here, it's it's all coming together. I mean, it's obviously the next step after building that roster is, is getting a, a schedule out there that you really want and building out those non-conference teams. So uh, it's something that's still a work in progress, but certainly we'll have uh, a little bit more detail as the as the season comes closer. I'm going to give Coach McMahon a year because I know who he's going to schedule. It's going to be nobody that's going to be an attractive home game. It's going to be teams that they can – they feel like they can play against and compete against and beat. And I understand that could be so. So Duke ain't coming. North no. Carolina's not coming. Um, Wisconsin's not coming. UCLA is not coming. I think Maybe you one of these to, years. Yeah, I, mean, I think you also have to kind of keep in mind that you know, there's still some <laughs> violations that could be coming before the season, too. So how many of those blue chip programs want to play LSU? Yeah. Um you know, this year or next year, if they're going to be facing some kind of postseason ban or something yeah. like that, you know, where their RPI doesn't really matter much right. or something like that. So, that's, that's a good um, point. you know, I think that's all stuff you have to balance this year, this first year, which, you know, I think it, it, I think the biggest thing for me is just if they can build a competitive roster that can compete with those other teams in the SEC, uh, even if they're not playing in the postseason this year, it gives you a lot of confidence going forward yeah. in terms of what they're building. So that's that's probably the primary goal this year. It kind of reminds me in a way, and because I, I don't know any of these prospects. It kind of reminds me when Dale Brown first got there and he had a group of guys that nobody had heard of, but they called them the Hustlers. Okay. And they played their rear end off and they upset some people and they did this, that, and that, and that kind of set the tone. And then things got infinitely better down the road. So I don't know what to expect from this club. Um, I just don't because a, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It's, 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 it's hard to, to really expect much. I mean, um, they, they've got a couple of transfers in from Murray state that played well. <laughs> uh, obviously they welcome back a few of their own and justice Williams and Adam Miller and, uh, and Wani Wilkinson, guys who really, you know, played some last year or none, but didn't have a huge impact in terms of, you know, the the scoring or anything like that. Right. I mean, those are guys that you're going to probably be relying on now this year to really. That's what scares you. me. Yeah, which is which is unpredictable. It's yes. it's just, uh, it's it, you can't really foresee what's going to happen. I think this year, which could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. Uh, that's what yeah. that's what kind of what, what it all means. So you know, we'll, we'll see. Still shocked that Sharif O'Neal. Went to the NBA draft. Still shocked. Hey, you got Still a shot. Shocked. You got a shot. Oh, he got no shot. He's got that was a that was a hey Shaq here. Thank you for your services. We're gonna yeah. we'll put your son on this summer league. No shot. Just trust yep. me. No shot. You know that. You know right. that. I wish, but no shot. Glenn West, go to four seven sports. Thank you, my friend. Talk to you next awesome. week. Sir, thanks, well, Next it. week is next week is July fourth, so we won't do that. We'll have the day oh. off. Okay, good. I'll get the day off. All right, we'll, we'll do get July. you. We'll get you again. Thank you, Appreciate buddy. Thanks. Glenn West of Go247 Sports. Uh, the Game Clubhouse uh, at 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com wants to help you out. Uh, once you become a member of our rewards club, 
you'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou or a $50 gift certificate to the Half Shell Oyster House or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So why don't you go sign up today? We'll wrap up our number one next, the Jordy Helpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, where you're home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. All hail the avalanche. It only took them about three hours, and um, they uh, made a big old dent in the Stanley Cup, but they are the champions of the world of hockey, uh, beating the Tampa Bay Lightning yesterday to win Lord's Stanley Cup. All right, our number one's in the books. Our number two straight ahead, Ali Cassell, will talk some NBA hoops and Pelicans and Blake Rafino of the Are You Serious podcast. This is the Jordy Helpert Show. We're on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We are your home for the Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. Our number two of two straight ahead. Stay with us, please. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two. So glad you're with us on this Monday, June 27th, the year 2022. My main man, James Mesh, and in the producer's chair right there at 1037 Lafayette. Uh, we're also 1041 in Lake Charles. We're streaming. We're simulcast on TV. We're, we're here. We're there. We're everywhere. We're just glad you're with us. Uh, hour two of two. Um, and, and away we go. Uh, we've just had the NBA draft. NBA free agency opens up at midnight, Thursday night, Friday morning. Uh, what will the Pels do? What, what's Kyrie Irving going to do? Why would the Charlotte Hornets hire a coach back that they fired a few years ago? So many things going on in the NBA. Let me bring in my good friend from at the bird rights. It, it just wouldn't be a good week without Ali Cassell to talk to. Big O, how are you? You've never been called the Big O, have you? Jordy, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Good. You ever been called the Big O before? I think I'm going to start calling you that in honor of Oscar. <laughs> I have because guess what? I grew up in Cincinnati, so I know Did Oscar you? Robertson very well. God, he was such a player, huh? He was such a oh, player. The best. Can you I mean, name, he, he was in the University of Cincinnati basketball, right? Until Bob yep. Huggins got there. Yep, yep, yep. Is, uh, is Steph Curry in your top 10 all-time greatest players, or is he not? I think he is. I think he's earned that right. The, the harder question is, who do I knock out of the top ten, right? That, yeah. That's the thing. But I think he's deserving, right? Best all-time shooter. He's proven to win, you know, without Kevin Durant and with him, then again without him when he really had to carry the team, right? I mean, Draymond Green was not Draymond Green, and Clay Thompson was a Clay Thompson. So he always yeah. rises to the occasion. And he's so much more than a shooter if you ask everybody that's ever played with him. Yeah, I'm with you. So you got Michael Jordan, you got LeBron. Nobody gives uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar enough credit. Um, no. Do you, do you have Do you have Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain in your in your top ten? I think so, but see, that's where it's iffy, right? Because you got to include Larry Bird, you got to include Magic yep. Johnson. Yep. Um, God, 
you know, you can make an argument then for Shaquille O'Neal until Tim Duncan. So that's where it gets hard, right? Somebody's got to be left out. You know, maybe it's Wilt. I don't know. Bill Russell, because know, he played man. in such a era long ago to where there was hardly any NBA teams, right? When Boston was right. winning all those championships, what was there, eight, eight teams in the league? So you could look at it that way, but I don't know. Either way, you got to find a way to get were so, in the top 10, I think. His numbers were so mind-boggling. I don't yeah. know how you take him out of there, but and look, it, it's ridiculous how many great players there have been and so forth and so on. So anyway, all right. Um, Got to ask you, what did you think of the Pels draft? I loved it, Jordy, because they got the number one target. At least I was on my board <laughs> in Dyson yeah, sure Daniels. Was. But as as for like the Langnap, I mean, it's unbelievable that E.J. Liddell fell. He was supposed to go pretty much in the top 20 Right in the first round, easily the kid from Ohio State ended up falling all the way to forty-one, to where the Pels scooped him up to the second rounder. So I think he's a future rotation piece. I really like him. He's a tough guy who can honestly probably fill minutes behind Zion Williamson at some point. That's been the biggest problem with this team since they got Zion. There's been no adequate backup, and I feel like maybe Liddell could be that guy down the road. You know who he reminds me of? And looking at some of the stuff, he reminds me of Paul Millsap, and that ain't a bad mm. comparison. No, I've heard that, and that's a good one because Paul Millsap was really known for his defense, right, especially his shot blocking. Yeah. Boy, Liddell, even though he's six seven, what do he average? About 2.6 blocks at Ohio State. So yeah. he's got that same frame. He's a thick body. Yeah, I, I like that comparison. I was thinking of a, a more, you know, along the lines of maybe Larry Johnson because I like how he backs people down. They can also shoot the outside shot kind of with an unorthodox shot. So I'm I was talking, thinking LJ, with, but with a better defense. You're talking grandmama? Larry Johnson. Yeah, I was thinking about him. Mm-hmm. Wow, you're going back, baby. That was a that was a Charlotte Hornet uh, back in the day. Okay, very good. Exactly. Very good. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like him. Uh, what is this first pick? Is he going to be a point guard? Is that what he's going to play? He's going to be the the facilitator, and he's going to be uh, where Herb Jones guards the best offensive player on the front line. He's going to guard the best offensive player. In the backcourt, is that what you foresee? I think I definitely foresee the latter. I think as far as his offensive role, I think in time they're going to want him to be the guy pushing the ball in transition, right? Kind of what Lonzo Ball was doing. Yeah, but I don't think yeah. it's going to be forced, right? They don't need a legitimate um, point guard on this team. Right. Think of all the guys that can bring it up. We've seen it, right? Brandon Ingram, CJ, they can do it. Zion, we saw it two years ago, he can do it. So I don't think Dyson Daniels doesn't have a real need to, like I said, really fill that role. On offense, he's going to be pushing it in transition, fill in the lane because he can finish, right? He's six foot eight. He's got that athletic ability, enough of it to finish. And I think his shooting, if he can get that shot to start going down with more regularity, and he was great to finish off his G League season. Uh, last nine games, shot about 45% from three. So I know the kid's a worker. He improved tremendously. And that's what sticks out the most, Jory, to me. Is yeah. Where he was on day one of the G League to how it ended, he improved so much. I think the Pels, they were excited by that. Because this kid was, you know, 18-19, playing in a professional league, and that amount of improvement against guys much older, much more right seasoned, mm-hmm. experienced, that improvement I think is going to carry over to the NBA. That's why they're so excited about him. Does he make a bitter, bigger impact than Alonzo Ball does early on? Do you think he's a better player than when Alonzo first started? Mm, I, I want to say yes. I mean, I know Lonzo Ball's got the flashy passing that nobody's going to pretty much meet as a rookie. And, you know, you kind of like, of course, the way he can just 
fly up the court, uh, pushing the, the ball. Dyson's not like that, but he's so fundamentally sound, right? He doesn't okay. turn the ball over. He makes a smart <laughs> play, but his motor is always running. I think the biggest thing is he's a legitimate defender. As toward Lonzo, yep. he can do some things really well defensively. I think Dyson's a whole package to where he can guard one through four, to where he can guard even the fast guys because he's got those quick hips and feet like Drew Holiday. So when Lonzo Ball was getting burned by some of the quicker, smaller point guards, that's not going to happen to Dyson. So I'm really excited about him. Uh, Fred Vinson has job security. You keep drafting these guys that need work on their jump shot, right? Fred Vinson's regarded as one of the best in the business. He's got job security, Ollie. If I'm him, I'm coming in with such a list of demands <laughs> because you're right. <laughs> Each year, he, uh, he's got a resume that he keeps adding to, but it seems like they keep putting more on his plate, right? But he keeps meeting it because, I mean, look at how much Herb Jones improved from when he yes. walked in the door last year to, you know, over the last few months, really shooting much better and showed up on the free throw line. You're right. They got Dyson Daniels in now to work with. They may have if this De'Aaron Seabrong works out, signed him to a two-way deal. And say NC State product, right? Athletic point well, he's guard. He's an athlete. Flash combo guard, huh. I should say. But he, he can't shoot the ball lick. He's another project yeah. for Vincent. Great athlete, but can't shoot his way out of a wet paper bag. Uh, uh, anyway, um, uh, what's the word on airline uh, highway? Has there been sightings of uh, players working out? And, and what's what's going on with the big Z? Well, there was. They were all here until, of course, the draft hit. And that's when kind of some of them took a break. Fran Murphy went up to New York. I don't know if anybody saw him, but he was, yeah, he was good as a, as a reporter, right? He was questioning yeah. everybody. So it was great. I thought he did great. But uh, everybody's going to be, of course, back here this week. they got to get, start getting ready for Summer League, right? So they're going to start prepping, ramping up for that. I'm sure that we're going to get the roster here announced soon, along with the head coach towards the end of this week. So we know who's going to be headed over there, along with these rookies that they just drafted. Let's take a guess. Does Trey Murphy play Summer League? I think so, yes. I think he'll say yes to it also. I would say Herb probably doesn't. I'm um, guessing maybe Kyra. It would be great if he can go at all. He but I'm needs not sure to. 100% physically. Yeah, yet, if he's right? healthy, he needs so, to. Yeah, if he's healthy, he needs to get those reps. I agree. Jose Alvarado, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he's there. Najee Marshall, same thing. But I don't expect Jackson Hayes to go. No, he's not going. Um, all right, so seems to me they they had one spot for a new player, which is Dyson Daniels. They draft mm-hmm. EJ, and now they got to make room for him because you got 15 players under contract. That's all you can have. They got 16. Uh, somebody's got to go. Is my boy from LSU, Garrett Temple, is he the sacrificial lamb? I think he's like plan, what do you want to call it? maybe G or H, somewhere down there to where if they can't get a trade and then they even trade to open up a roster spot, then yes, I think Garrett Temple would probably get waived. Right, just to create that spot, and they would eat his uh, what is it, five million dollar, five and yeah. five point one million dollar salary for next season. So I know that they don't want to do that if they don't have to, because they're mm-hmm. close to that luxury tax line, uh, Jordy. They're about three point seven million away. So by trading Temple, that'd be so much more valuable, right? So they would have more yeah. breathing space. And think about it, if they could create two spots, then you can sign Liddell, then maybe you could even chase a free agent, right? So I'm thinking that's probably you know their biggest hope. Can we okay. remove, say, Garrett Temple? You know, we know Devontae Graham's on a trade block. I'm sure Jackson Hayes is, too. He's always been kind of on that fence for them for the, right. for the last year. So 
Say you remove those three guys, and suddenly you can get Liddell one of those spots and maybe get somebody else that can shoot the ball because they need help shooting. That would be my like that'd be my dream scenario for them. Is is there a shooter out there that's an unrestricted free agent that's that's possibly gettable? Well, I've been looking, and you know, let's not get our hopes up high because it's going to be tough to be able to become a free agent player. Like I said, they got to jump through so many hoops. But right. tell you what, there's three names I've looked at. I like Lonnie oh. Walker. He had his biggest down year with San Antonio, but it seemed like every time the Spurs played the Pelicans, Lonnie Walker, you could count him to have yep. 20 points and probably hit four threes. Yep. I think he's got the talent to be a good shooter uh, slash scorer off the bench, and that's somebody the Pelicans need. If not him, Gary Harris had kind of a rebound, uh, nice year for the Orlando Magic. You know, he, he started his career with the Nuggets, but he kind of fell off the cliff for the last, you know, four years before last year. Lost his shot, was injured often, but he got it back last year. So he'd be kind of like that vet that you could have off the bench, shoot some threes, but you know he'll also defend. And I'm sure that Willie Green would love to get that type of package, you know, on, on his bench if you're going to go ahead and grab somebody. Last two guys I'm looking at, Jalen Noel. Uh, I know Minnesota, they've got a team option on him, but say they don't re-sign him because they're big players. He shot lights out. You know, he's a riser. I think he just finished his third year, shot about 38 39% from three. And I really like his mobility, but his shot, it's really sweet. But if not, last guy, Jeremy Lamb. I know he's on the yes. you know, downside of his career, but, hey, whoever they get, Jordy, is not going to be promised 20, 25 minutes, right? That's so right. It's going to have to be that's somebody right. that's probably on the downside of their career, but somebody that, that can still help you. And I think Lamb's that guy. Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights. Steve Clifford reincarnated, uh, was a 47% winner in like five years at Charlotte. Uh, they fire their coach. They try to get Kenny Atkinson. He says, nah, I think I'm going to stay at Golden State. And they go back and get Clifford. What? It's a mess, right? What? I mean, that's yes. such a bad look. They should have let James Borrego go because, I mean, he was fine. I think he's a decent coach. And so they let him go just to get basically have Kenny Atkinson say no, and now they got to get a guy that ran out of town what, a couple years before that. So it's yeah. awful. I, if I'm the kids, if I'm LaMelo Ball, I'm looking at this sideways. Like, these guys don't know what they're doing, right? So yeah. hopefully Clifford can make this go away by simply the Hornets getting off to a strong start. If they do that, they'll be fine. But if not, boy, that backlash is going to be probably deserving uh, on Michael Jordan and all those guys making those decisions there. That's right. Yeah, he caused problems in Cleveland. He caused problems in Boston. He's causing problems now in Brooklyn. Can somebody just ship Kyrie Irving to Europe and let him go play over there and do what he wants? Who wants this? I know he's talented, but they don't win. And he causes more issues than anything. Now it seems like only the Lakers are the team that's interested in getting Kyrie in a sign and trade. How about that mess? Yeah, and rightfully so. I mean, can you believe the nerve of Kyrie having a list of uh, teams he wants to get traded to? Amazing. I mean, he's barely played for Brooklyn for the last three years. I think I saw somewhere, what, about 108 games played. You know, that's not nearly enough, especially last year. Such a pivotal year where if he gets the shot, um, you know, then then maybe the Nets actually have a deep playoff run. But as as it's turned out, this whole Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving getting together in Brooklyn has failed spectacularly. And Kyrie Irving has been the biggest reason why, of course. So I'm not surprised nobody wants him. He, he's just been trouble. Like the year before, oh. uh, was it three years ago, when he first got to Brooklyn, he Boston. was sitting out, missing lots of time due to a shoulder yeah. injury. 
I heard that the Nets were not happy with how much time he took off. And of course, he took that what was a, a week or two a couple of years ago where he just didn't feel like playing. So he's a headache. I don't know of any team that should be paying him anywhere close to the max. Because I don't think he's no deserving way. at all. I've never seen a player capitalize more on one shot in one game mm-hmm. than Kyrie Irving. He hit the shot over Steph Curry when they came from 3-1 down to win the series, and he has been making bank after bank after bank for that one play, uh, and he is too big of a headache. All right, uh, the big story on the line. Let's get close out with this one. Um, Zion, extension, max contract. When is he eligible to do that? Is that is that at the beginning of free agency? Is that this week? Is it after? And what do you anticipate? Yeah, so he's going to be able to agree upon as soon as free agency starts here on July the 1st. Uh, you know, you, you can go ahead and orally agree to it. And I'm expecting for Woj that, you know, a minute after it k- kicks off, he's going to be tweeting, Pelicans and Zion Williamson have agreed to a contract extension. And I think it's going to be for the max. The only thing is going to be what stipulations, right? How are the Pelicans going to protect themselves in case of a catastrophic injury to that foot again? Because insurance isn't going to pay for it. If he was to wreck that foot and say he misses two years or maybe even, you know, heaven forbid his career's over because of another injury to it, well, the Pelicans wouldn't be able to recoup any of that money on that extension unless, like I said, they put in protections. So expect for that to happen. I'm sure it's going to be X amount of games, maybe X amount of minutes played. But if he meets those benchmarks, then, of course, he's going to get all that money, right, up to whatever he can receive and guaranteed. So I expect them to go that route. Is Zion such a generational player that you throw all that out the window and say, look, we're not going to leave anything to chance. Here it is. We're going to guarantee it, and we're keeping our fingers and toes crossed that you're going to be able to uh, stay healthy uh, and play like Steph Curry got through his injuries, like Joel Embiid got through his injuries. Do you, do you take that or do you take a chance that you're going to, you know, um, tick him off a little bit and maybe he starts getting these negative thoughts in his mind? No, because there's honestly been enough precedent out there to where, you know, okay. not just Joel Embiid. For instance, this past summer, Jaron Jackson, who's missed a lot of time and he's got, you know, leg issues ever since he's come in the NBA, missed a lot of time to where he resigned or should say his rookie extension he signed last summer. There's protections on that as well for the Grizzlies. So, no, I think without a doubt that Zion and his group understand that, look, hey, we'll get our full money, everything that we deserve, as long as our guy's reasonably healthy, right? Cap- yeah. or any kind of catastrophe, the Pelicans have to be allowed to be able to protect themselves. And look at how much time Zion's missed last year. That's all they have to point to. Man, um, I, I've been following this you're, team you're ever born, since huh? they made the – the transition from Charlotte and I got excited when the Chris Paul era came because I, I saw what he did on the court and how he made players better. Uh, uh, but I I'm telling you, if, if Zion is healthy and I pray that he stays healthy, I mean, I don't want to wish anything bad upon anybody. If he can stay healthy, I, man, the, the, the potential um, is just uh, amazing. And the things they can do and the depth that they have, it's kind of it's, I've never seen a team like this in New Orleans. No, it's it's nothing like what Anthony Davis, right? He's got pieces. Oh. Zion's got pieces around him. He's got shooters. Yes. He's got scorers. He's got defenders. This team has been built perfectly around him over the last year or so. 
So there's not a better situation. He can be the face of the franchise. He can walk in on a team that made the playoffs last year and suddenly lead him, let's say, maybe the Western Conference Finals. But he's going to get a lot of um, shine for it because, like I said, he is still, I think, considered the face. So, yeah, it's a great situation for him. He can make maximum amount of money, more money here than going anywhere else. So I think, yeah, the situation is perfect for him. Sounds good. Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights. We'll see what happens. Summer League uh, team. We'll see what happens with the start of free agency. Um, man, I, I hope Devontae Graham is uh, finds himself another team. And uh, I like what we got. So we'll see. Thank you, my friends. Always fun. Absolutely, Jordy. Take care, buddy. You're the best. Ali Cassell from at the Bird Rights. Um, let's see. The Houston Astros are one of the hottest teams in baseball. You can see them live in person. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. Houston takes on the Seattle Mariners on Saturday, July 30th, and you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways. They're powered by Butcher AC, Lee Meridian, Houston Downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Back with more after this timeout, the Jordy Helpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. June 27th, 1986. American tennis player Ann White shocks Wimbledon by wearing a white one-piece Lycra bodysuit in a first-round match against Pam Shriver. White would wear a regular outfit after the rain break. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com wants to help you out because once you become a member of our rewards club, you're going to have the opportunity to win excellent prizes, and they're all the time. Uh, how about a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou? <coughs> Excuse me. Or a $50 gift certificate to the Half Shell Oyster House or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So uh, go, go sign up today. Why, what are you hesitating for? Uh, hard to believe. Just 69 days before the start of the college football season with LSU kicking off against Florida State. Uh, in Caesars Superdome. Coming up this week, we'll talk to um, uh, someone who covers the Knowles, um, Coach Norvell in his second season. What what can we expect? What can we anticipate? There's so many, <coughs> so many questions uh, surrounding. I mean, I think I think both teams, the quarterback position at LSU, the most high profile position battle on the team, um, the offensive line, moving parts. And any position, questions about LSU's linebacker core, uh, health concerns, and how is the, the the defensive backfield, the back end going to blend together and mix together? There's all kinds of questions um, that we don't know. Uh, but there's one group, though, that, man, you talk about not have a clue about, and that's 
How good are LSU's special teams going to be this season? Avery Atkins, no longer there. The kick punter. Cade York, maybe, according if you ask many, maybe the greatest kicker in school history. He's gone. So Brian Polian comes in as the new special teams coordinator. Um, he came with Brian Kelly to LSU. They brought their kicker, their their punter, Jay Bramlett, um, from Notre Dame. He averaged 43 yards per punt. Um, so is he going to win? Is it going to be um, uh, Peyton Todd, um, the, the freshman coming out of uh, North Louisiana, West Monroe? And, and heck, who's going to be? Who's going to be the field goal kicker? Nathan Dybert, Damian Ramos, Ezekiel Mata, Trey Finnison. I don't know. Dybert's the most recognized from his exploits uh, as a kicker out of Michigan. But, man, you don't have that guarantee like you used to have. You just don't. So uh, special teams will play a pivotal role in how good they become at punting the ball out of, out of danger and putting points on the board when drives stall, uh, that's uh, that'll be critical. So we'll we'll talk all about that down the road as well. So we'll start to delve into some of the opponents, and you can see how LSU's got some big time players. Uh, but man, if any of them go down, and how do you go through a season without being injured, uh, getting people injured? So that's the big question mark. Uh, there's questions across the board, and maybe maybe that's why. I'm sure that's why. Um, the wise guys are saying, look, seven games, LSU's a seven-win team, uh, seven and six, something like that. I happen to think they'll be better than that. I happen to believe in Brian Kelly and his staff, and I think there's enough big-time players. But, man, they, they got to stay, stay healthy. Um, John Emery Jr. Has to, has to live up to the expectations. Kayshawn Butte has to be healthy. <coughs> excuse me and and on and on and on and that defensive front and offensive line have to play out the wazoo out the wazoo the problem is everybody in that league is tough man everybody in that league that uh whoo there is there are no gimmies and and they, they just aren't there just aren't so anyway um all right uh let's take a quick time out here we want to discuss these topics and much much more with our good friend Blake Rafino after this timeout, the Jordy Helpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We are your home for the Houston Astros <laughs> and the LSU Tigers, excuse me, in southwest Louisiana. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. You're this thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 34 minutes after the hour, we always enjoy Mondays with um, our next guest, the host of the Are You Serious podcast, my good friend, Mr. Blake Rafino. Blake, you've been good, buddy. How's, how's the world treating you? Going good, Jordan. Doing really well. Just, you know, this weather's getting a little crazy out here in the 985, but other than that, we're, we're doing well. 
Well, you know, June, we were like a desert. And that means uh, as we kick off the end of June <laughs> and July come, it's going to rain every day. Uh, you, you can book it. Right. Um, so we just have to live with it and grin with it and bear with it. So give me your take on how Jake Johnson got Wes Johnson, who's a pitching coach in the big leagues with the twins. Everybody knows they're leading the AL central by two games over the guardians. And they've, uh, they've played a total of uh, 74 games, which means they've got about, uh, you know, 80 games or so to go. Uh, and he's ending it at the end of this week and he's coming to Baton Rouge. Was it just money or do you think there was more to it? I think that there was more to it because I mean, look, you got to be able to want, you got to want to come back, um, you know, to college football or college, college baseball. And I think that, you know, money did play a little bit of a factor on it. I think Jay sold him on some of the guys that he's going to be bringing in from a, from a high school and portal, uh, level. And, and really, Jordy, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, I, yes, it's, a year-round sport no matter what, but you're, you're you know, calling pitches or you're there for 162 games, and wow. he could have some the rest of the summer. I mean, college baseball's done. Some yeah. guys just want to move out of the major leagues and, and get back into college, and we've seen that uh, from a baseball perspective, and I think that Jay's just selling him on what he wants to do uh, here moving forward. Yeah, I, I agree. I think money's part of it. I think he wants to have a life. Um, you know, it's 60 games. If you're good is a whole lot different than 162 games. And I really think part of it is the actual coaching part. I think maybe this guy feels more comfortable taking a little, uh, mold of, of clay, a piece of clay and molding it into a picture. I don't know how often those pictures in the big leagues are going to listen to a coach. They, they kind of like, Oh, let me do my thing. I'm here. I'm big time. Let me go from there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's only small adjustments that a coach is making in the major leagues. I mean, by the time the guy gets there, other than maybe something that's extremely off, you're not making wholesale changes, right? Right. So I I agree with you on that point. And, again, look, I mean, LSU's number one in recruiting in baseball. They got three really good pitchers. I don't think all three show up. Um, But even if you get one or two of them, I mean, you're developing a really good staff. Uh, and, and look, I mean, LSU still has some things. I mean, look, I thought Ty Floyd at times had some, did some really good things for LSU, but, uh, Jay Johnson's not done with his transfer portal, Jordy. And, uh, look, it, it's going to benefit if you have a staff like what I think LSU's trying and Jay Johnson's att- at least at, at bare minimum attempting to pull off. I think you could make the argument that Jay Johnson's trying to put the, not only the best staff hitting wise together, but the best pitching staff as well. I'm with you. Um, he has done to the transfer portal of baseball what Saban's done to the transfer portal in football. He keeps getting these prospects there to come in and start and and uh, become major impact players and probably get to the league one day. So that, that's pretty darn good. Um, what's the, what's the latest goings on with uh, with football? It's a dead period now, but they got all these recruiting visits in. What have you been hearing about LSU football of late? Um, no, I mean, some recruiting things, I think it's going to pick up a little bit more, Jordy, in July. Uh, I think that Jamar Caney is going to start getting some defensive linemen. Uh, but something we're going to post soon, um, 
we got to sit down with LSU quarterbacks coach Joe Sloan this uh, past week, uh, uh-huh. last Thursday, and that will be airing soon. Uh, Jordy, really and truthfully, I think it's just rebuilding the culture, right? Like rebuilding who LSU is. And, you know, the involvement and the player buy-in uh, from this team currently, I think it's much more different right now than what we saw this time a season ago. I think Brian Kelly's much more. I don't want to – Jordan, it's not really strict. He's not strict. He just wants the guys to do what's right. And, you know, so the vibe that I got or that I get uh, is just the, the buy-in from, from all the guys, the buy-in from this team. Now, recruiting recruiting is what it is, Jordan. You know, you saw a kid commit to Alabama today. You'll see some more guys. You'll see some guys start commit to Alabama. Uh, I mean, to LSU uh, in the next coming weeks. Some big, pro- high-profile names. Jordan, these elite coaches, the the Nick Sabins, the the Brian Kellys, the uh, even we're starting to see it a little a little bit. I know he's maybe not elite, but Ryan Day, Jordan, you're starting to see them pick it up in recruiting now. You know, I think we got to rethink what we think about recruiting with the, with the scholarship limit being lifted. Um, so uh, they're doing some really good things, and and I like the vibe that I'm getting uh, from from this team right now, currently. Okay, um, Blake Rafino, the Are You Serious podcast. I'm not asking you to divulge uh, your interview with Coach Sloan, but um, your uh-huh. impressions of the man. Um, I I felt as if in the entire interview I was speaking to a future Power Five head coach. Um, just his the deliberate attention to detail uh, and the connection that he has already and the connection I think built between Sloan, Denbrock, and Brian Kelly are very inter- is very interesting. You know, Brian, you know, we think of Brian Kelly, Jordy, as this guy that, you know, we see screaming and, and getting in people's faces on game day. But Brian Kelly is just more of an overseer, right? You know, and, and talking mm-hmm. to him and you know, and just seeing that, like, and Joe would be the first to tell you, you know, when Brian Kelly says something on the practice field, everybody listens because he's observing, and it's something small that he may see. Um, but, you know, for example, Walt, we've seen him do some things with Walker Howard on his footwork and something that I think that him and, and, and Joe Sloan, act, you know, agree with. And, the you know, as Brian Kelly talked about, the alignment. Um so I, I when I when I when we sat down and talked to him, in my mind I kept thinking to myself, I can't believe it, but I think I'm I'm talking to a future Power Five head coach in the future, if not for sure, a really high profile Power Five offensive coordinator. All right, um, I'm curious as you know the head coach always makes the final decision, but how much say will a Joe Sloan and a Mike Denbrock have in who's going to be the starting quarterback for LSU and what? What do you think is the main ingredient they're looking for out of one of these three kids? Well, I, you know, I, I don't really know exactly how that's going to work because you can have, you know, as Mike Tyson said, and this is just a pun or, or, or you know, but everybody has a plan until they get, you get punched in the face. You know, right. Jordan, until you get out there in August, I think that your plan, you hope that your plan works, but it may not work. I think – you know, there, there's two schools of thought that I that I feel, and this isn't from Joe Sloan. This is just opinion. Jordy Brian Kelly doesn't want you to turn over the football, and yeah. 
what guy can limit that the most? Maybe it's Miles Brennan. Maybe it's Jane Daniels. But, you know, the, we, we have come together through the coaching staff, whether it be whoever it is, uh, recruits that we've talked to, recruits even posting their visit on YouTube. Jordy, they want to go spread, and they want, they want to get the ball out in space very quickly. It's very Steve sarkeesian like uh, and, and really and truthfully, it's a lot like what we saw from um, Mike Denbrock at Cincinnati. I mean, Jordy, there, I, I know that they, only, they didn't score a lot, but they had three touchdowns in the end zone in the bread basket. They, should have, they were much more in that game than people give them credit for. And oh, yeah. No Mike, doubt. Mike Denbrock, Jordy, let's call it spade a spade, he, he, he pieced them apart in that game if they're able to execute. So yep. which quarterback I think that can run the offense effectively while making some big plays here and there will be the starter. But I, I don't even think that they know. You know, yeah. I, Jordan, I really don't. You know, you, you get the inklings of who you think it is. You know, last year, you know, Orgeron finally admitted that it was always going to be Max to some extent. And, but you, we don't have anything. And I, I think that really goes to the fact that they just don't know. I think Garrett Nussmeyer made a big push, and I think he might be the guy to beat out right now, Jordy. But, I, again, that's just, a, that's just an opinion and thought. I have no backing in that whatsoever. I think that kid, the transfer from Arizona State, Jaden Daniels, I think he's getting a little bit more acclimated. I think you're going to see a different player in the fall. I think he's going to... I think he's going to make the leap like Nussmeyer made the leap. It's going to make this thing really, really complicated. And I'm just curious, again, not to be redundant of when do they make a decision? Because they they got to figure out the guess, best uh, plan for that quarterback, whoever it is. And you know, maybe plan yep. A won't work for that quarterback that may be third right now that may move to number one. You know what I mean? It's just, boy, it's a fine line we're traveling here. Yeah, I mean, I think the only one that you would absolutely have to worry about this late in the game, I really do truly believe that it's Garrett Nussmeyer, you know, and talking, you know, and even hearing Miles of the Manny Patson Academy, I just don't think he's going anywhere. You know, I really, really don't. And yeah. I could be wrong there. The announcement I think would come maybe a week or two weeks before the first game at Florida State. Um but, but look, I mean, we, so speaking of Jaden Daniels, um, he was out there working out with Burrow and the Palmer brothers um, and throwing the football. So, I, I mean, look, we've seen and we, and look, don't take my word for it. Take Joe's word for it. You know, Joe talked about how, how um, Jesse was, or I think it's Jesse, I can't remember the Palmer brother or the other one, but um, Jordan, how he Jordan helped him. Jordan, there we go. He helped him with some fine mechanics and got a little bit more velocity on his fastball when he needed it, and the accuracy in the mid-range game, which it's not like Joe really needed more accuracy. Um, but, look, I mean, you, you see some of the stuff that Jane Daniels has done. Let's see if he can, he can help him here. And, and, look, even the small stuff that, I, that we know that Joe Sloan's helped him with. Jordy, if that young man finds an intermediate passing game, watch out. I'm, I'm watch out you. because – because, Jordan, you. at that point, it's Lamar Jackson, right? Like, yeah, it might not be as you. elusive, but, but Jordy, they ran 21.5 miles per hour. That is moving for anybody, not just a quarterback. And look, look, he just got there. He's just – he's new. He doesn't know anybody. <clears throat> he's starting to integrate himself. He's going to start feeling – I'm telling you, talent always rises. 
I'm not counting Jaden Daniels out. They didn't get him just to sit there and hold a clipboard. I think they think he can play. We'll see. Um, uh, Blake Rafino, mm-hmm. the Are You Serious podcast. Um, no Avery Atkins, no Cade York. Uh, I'm kind of worried about special teams because I don't know. I know they brought their punter, Jay Bramlett, but other than that, I don't know anybody on special teams. Yeah, I don't I don't either, Jordy. I don't know what they're going to do. You know, you got Del, uh, uh, Deeper, uh, the, the left-footed kicker. Yeah. Um, hopefully he can have a Cade York type of impact, but – I mean, Jordy, that kid got drafted. I mean, when's the last time that <laughs> I don't? What well, LSU's never had right. a kid for drafted, right? So I mean, right. Uh, I don't think I think that's too much to put on that kid. But I, I got to be honest. I mean, look, there's three levels of football, and if you don't win special teams, you're going to get beat. And yep. uh, I, I don't know. Now, what I will say is, in um, talking with guys like Mike Jones Jr., uh, Jordy, I think it's going to be a lot different than what we saw. I think that you're going to see some starters on special teams, even at like mm-hmm. Gunner. You know what? You know what's crazy, Jordy. Everybody, nobody asks this about Nick Saban, but you know, Jason Williams, that. who was drafted in the first round, was a Gunner on that team a season yep. ago, a first round yep. wide receiver. What? Yep. So what gives? And I, I don't mean this in a wrong way, but what gives Kayshawn the Booty the right to not be a Gunner on special teams? And I think that that's their philosophy and Brian Pullen's philosophy is get the starters out there so that we can make impactful plays on special teams. He sent a message like, I asked Nick about that years and years and years ago. I said, what, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? He said, I'm sending a message to my team. Special teams are important, and I'm putting my best players on the field, period. I said, right. okay, I like it. I understand. I understand completely. Um, and how, and so how can, crazy is that, Jordy, about the philosophy of your team? That's what separates Saban from the rest. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I said it again. I'll, I'll say it again to you. I know you agree, but this Brian Kelly is the closest thing we've had to Nick Saban. He may not be the tyrant and the and the don't look at me because I'll fire you if you even look at me because I'm God, but uh, Brian <laughs> Kelly's a no-nonsense coach, man. Yes, indeed. Oh, and don't no. beat him in basketball either. Well, um, I asked him, I said, can I come join? Can I come join up and play? He goes, only if you're on my team. And I said, well, you don't want me on your team. He goes, why? I said, because I shoot it every time. Oh, no, no, I got to shoot. I said, well, we can't play then. Yes, indeed. But I'll get on the other yes, team, and, and you won't get a shot off. Oh, and he didn't like that. He didn't like it. He, he laughed. He laughed. Anyway, I, I, I was talking with um, Wilson Alexander earlier about uh, recruiting visits and all yeah. that stuff. And I remember my visit to LSU and we got, uh, we got six visits back in my day and I went all over the place and uh, just, just to see what the world was like. I never forget going to uh, Wisconsin. It was uh, 90 degrees in New Orleans. I get to Wisconsin. It's 31. I said, you got to be kidding me in April. I said, no way. So anyway, you, you go on these recruiting trips, like you understand, you know this, and they give you a host and it's one of the players and they take you out. And they, right. these guys didn't realize I'm from New Orleans and I was skin and bone. So my parents gave me a little bitty glass of beer before every meal, uh, every dinner, because they thought it would increase my appetite. So I got immune <laughs> to beer. And so we're out there in Tigerland and these guys, let's get a beer. Said, sure. No problem. And let's get another one. I'm not sure. No problem. No problem. And I'm standing up there like it's I'm drinking water and these guys are slobbered. And I had to drive them back because they couldn't drive because they were drunk. And I was as sober <laughs> as could be. How about that? 
Well, it's it sounds like one of the most Wisconsin things I've ever heard, honestly. You know, no, that was bad room. That there. was By LSU. the way, Milwaukee, one no, of the best was, places that... I've ever been to. No, no, that beer drinking story is LSU, big guy. Oh. LSU. <laughs> and all these upperclassmen, let's get this guy drunk, man. Let's see what he's all about. See if he can. Ha- Are you kidding me? I grew up on Dixie beer, and they're giving me Bud Light. You got to be kidding me. Please. Anyway, anyway, what else is happening? What's uh, so? When is this going to air on the Are You Serious podcast? This Joe Sloan interview. Uh, it was um, me and Matt Trent from WBRZ are collabing together. Uh, okay. It will be on on WBRZ. I'm pretty sure sometime today, Jordy. I'm not a part of the editing team. I'm just the, the ugly face that asks questions. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it should it should be airing today at some point. Well, good deal, man. Congratulations. Way to go. Thank you. It's always Thanks. fun talking you. to you, buddy. Have a great, uh, you too. Have a great have a week. Day. Next week, uh, Monday is uh, 4th of July, so no show. So take a day off from us. Oh, okay. Well, if you're still going on for whatever reason, I'll be here. Just let me know. Dude, don't look me up. I will not be on the air <laughs> on 4th of July. <laughs> Goodbye. Good. Don't give anybody Later. ideas. We'll take a timeout. Final one of the day. This is the Jordy Heldberg Show. We are on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We are your home for the Houston Astros and the LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. Bill Coffin over here. Apologies to you and yours. Um, welcome back on this Monday, June 27th. Special thanks to our guest today, Wilson Alexander, talking about recruiting visits, Glenn West on the LSU baseball situation. Ali Cassell, the Pels and the NBA, and Blake Rafino, all things LSU. If today is your birthday, June 27th, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. You share it with, I, I really believe he's a nice guy, but he's the most vilified human that ever walked around an LSU athletic department. Joe Oliva is 70 years old today. I can't think of one person that likes Joe Oliva. He just, it just wasn't the right fit. And so many things happened and under his watch and so many things he had no control over other things that he did. And just, it was just a mess, just a mess. Um, he's retired somewhere out probably in North Carolina somewhere. He, he wanted to get a, a house by a lake here in the South, but not happening. No, he is no. So, Joe, wherever you are, happy birthday to you, buddy. All right, James, thank you. Thanks, all of you, for watching and listening. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow, same time, 2 to 4, same great station, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Until then, I'm Jordy Helpert. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy, my friends. Do everything you can to be kind to one another, and uh, let's have some fun.